Welcome back to Range Anxiety for our midweek session. That's a little bit dramatic, isn't it? That is Returns a King from the movie 300 by Tyler Bates. Now, who likes that movie? Yeah, we're doing a drive-along. We're in the Model 3 performance. Who likes that movie? I love that movie 300 because there's so many just incredible, iconic quotes and truths in it. It was beautifully written about the, the Battle of Thermopylae, even though I was a bit, you know, that all the boys like Gerard had their abs there brushed on, but there are some famous one-liners come out of that and uh, quotes, and that that is what we're going to be discussing today. Um, if you have seen the movie, uh, you'll remember the commentator, and it says, beware, a beast approaches, a beast made of swords and spears, but this time we are being hunted down by a beast and there is a beast approaching too but this beast is made of metal and paint with wheels and this whole industry that we know the automotive industry is about to be turned on its head i've been looking at this for some time now but it's happening faster and faster you know it's almost parabolic it's y equals x squared it's 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 exponential the speed at which things are happening now and it's not you know this isn't just don and rambling on again about evs not at all this is about something although it's ev related it's about something that's totally different and you know it's with so much disappointment that i watch the car industry particularly the american car industry right now trying to eat itself and trying to destroy itself alive when they're about to be absolutely smashed destroyed torn apart and obliterated by the beast that's approaching from the other side of the world. That beast is the industrial machine known as China and China is about to absolutely decimate the US auto industry to the point where I will be personally surprised if um, Chrysler Stellantis, Ford and GM, if not all three of them, at least one of them, I'd bet I'd bet the house on it that one of them it will be out of business by 2030. That's how bad it was. Uh, it is going to be. How bad it was. Well, you know, I always go on about what an old fart I am, and I am. You know, like I'm in my early 50s, and I make no bones about that. Not, I'm just old enough to remember the first beach. Uh, <laughs> beast that approached that being the Japanese now we were only 20 years out of a world war and there was a lot of uh, against the Japanese and there was a lot of negative sentiment towards the Japanese and you know amongst a handful of people that had lost relatives or been imprisoned by them and whatever during the war and there was a lot of uh, anti-sentiment there and there was a lot of Jap crap, Jap rubbish. No one's going to buy this shit. Nothing to worry about. Well, at that point in time when the first Japanese cars rolled into the United States, GM, I believe, had a 51% market share. Today, that market share is under 14%. So the Japanese throughout the 70s and 80s absolutely decimated that was the first blow that the yanks took that was the first big body blow and ford got cut down to basically nothing uh, gm were you know down to under 14 percent because these japanese cars were better built better designed better finished 
uh, of a more useful size, used about quarter of the fuel and lasted about 10 times as long as anything you could buy that was domestically made in America. So, you know, there were the, there were the haters, but the realists just jumped on board. And, you know, that chap crap is now acknowledged in generations under mine, or younger than me, where they believe the Japanese build some of the finest cars on the planet, and they absolutely do. So what am I getting at? China have none of this. China do not care. There is some anti-Chinese sentiment around. You know, they're a communist state, and there's always a bit of toing and froing between the West and the East. But we're not fresh out of a war with them. So, and you know, people already are totally covered from head to toe in Chinese product. Uh, this is being recorded on a Chinese um, audio device, and no doubt you'll be playing it back on something that's Chinese as well. So China have already had their foot in the door. So there's going to be no such sentiment or very, very little. It's like you read it online, I'd rather die than uh, drive a Chinese car. No China crap for me. You know, but and it looks like it's everywhere. And, and it's a bit like uh, COVID anti-vaxxers. There's post after post after post about it. So you'd think that they're the majority, but like 90% of the world is vaccinated or, you know, they're Western countries. So, you know, there are people making noise, but they are a slim minority. And uh, even better, the China have a handle on quality now, automotive quality, uh, that the Japanese simply didn't have at the, at the time when they first entered. So these shitbox Chinese cars we're seeing now, like some of the utes, um, and the trading utes and stuff like that that are super duper cheap. Yeah, they are a bit rubbishy. The plastics are a bit, you know, crap in them. The drive lines are just old regurgitated shit from other manufacturers. And, you know, it's all just hand-me-down borrowed crap. Forget about that. The last five, six years, China have been going absolutely flat out building the best factories, the biggest factories, the most effective factories, being backed by the state, being backed by private investment, and their paint shops are now world-leading. Their assembly techniques and robotics are world-leading, and they've been headhunting the very best that America has to offer in terms of people and technology, right? And going over there and showing them how to do it. Like, there's, there's one guy that I respect a lot, Sandy Monroe. He runs a company in the States called Lean Design. And, you know, he's he tell he been over there working with the Chinese. He's been there like 100 times in the last, you know, five, 10 years. And up until COVID hit, and he says that their panel gaps are perfect. Their fit and finish is absolutely perfect. Their driveline technology is, is good. You know, their software and AI might not be Tesla spec yet, but it's it's ahead of Ford and GM by absolute country miles. So these cars are going to roll off the boat and unless there's major government handouts, which it will be for a bit. I mean, we all like to prop up a car industry that's too slow and stupid to survive. Um, unless there's major handouts, these the big three are going to the wall. Well, they're not even the big three anymore. It's the big T's a lot bigger than all the big three combined. But those old relics will be going to the wall. And why? Because they are too slow, too stupid, and too greedy, and they've actually shot themselves in the foot. Now is not the time to be talking about, you know, releasing F-150 Lightnings or, or doing a deal with Volkswagen to use their ID4, like a BEV 
battery electric um, platform, you know, a bit like the old Ford Laser and, and Mazda 323 kind of deal. Too late, guys. You should have been doing this in 2018, 2017, and you weren't. You are too busy punching out F-250s, making your bottom line, and relying on shithouse old architecture, crap manufacturing techniques, and shutting factories rather than reinvesting and retooling in other areas. As Sandy points out, to 2030, which is which is under the, the Biden you know, United Auto Workers Union plan to transition to mainly electric vehicles. To 2030, it's too late. You will be bankrupt. You will be gone and the Chinese will own the entire auto market in the United States other than what, uh, other than the, 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 the portion that Tesla can scrape and keep to themselves. That's how serious this is. It's too late now for Ford and GM. They are stuffed, right? It's just a matter now of how long they can hang on for. Now, who are these companies that I'm talking about? Like, you wouldn't have even heard of them. Well, there's BYD. They're a massive bus vehicle manufacturer, right? They used to be, uh, Sandy points out, BYD uh, used to stand for borrow your design because all they do is copy and clone. It actually stands for build your dreams. Now, I have been lucky enough to have seen a BYD. I think they've got models like uh, the Han and the Tang. You know, they haven't got very good names. But in the BYDs, I saw some live in the flesh in Australia 18 months ago. You got it? 18 months ago, they were already in there testing and getting ready to uh, take on at least Australia. Now these were on the wharves down in Adelaide and I noticed them straight away, I knew what they were. My God, they're at BYDs. Now, I had a good look around them. The paint was perfect, the gaps were perfect. These things were fitted with Brembo's, like killer looking brakes, performance, there was a sedan, two sedans and an SUV, I believe. And the things were just brilliant. They had big touch screens, big touch pads in them like a Tesla. Um, they looked good, they were low, they had killer look and they were sitting on 19s and 20s. They were fantastic looking cars and they are, baked, they, I think they were here doing some sort of durability or hot weather. Um, they were right, they were, they were, yeah, they were right-hand drive vehicles, so. Oh no, they weren't, they were left hookers, sorry. They were left hookers, so yeah, they're proper evaluation cars for the US and, and well, most of the world markets and they were, in Australia or in South Australia, so they would have been heading up into the Flinders, into the Outback to do some hot weather testing. So they were here already back then, right? So this isn't like BYD have just sprung out of nowhere. BYD are a kick-ass car company and capable of massive volume, and that's the scary thing. And then there's Geely. Oh, who's Geely? Well, Volvo, doofus. When Volvo shit the bed because they were making crap product that was overpriced and too expensive to build, Geely came along and scraped them off the bottom of the corporate uh, stock market shoe and punched some new life back into them. The new Polestar, the Polestar 2, the Chinese-built EV that is, you know, somehow a premium version of a Volvo, is a good car. Not my cup of tea, but it is a good car and you know it's reasonably priced i suppose but that is in australia now and that when it rolls out in the us if it hasn't already is going to hurt 
a damn lot of feelings over there. So Polestar are going to expand their range into about six models within 18 months, I believe. Right? <laughs> Again, another well-made car. There's Neo. You may have heard about Neo. I don't know a lot about the Neo product, but again, a very good product. The big tooling and, and capabilities, big stock market float, worth a lot of money, able to punch out volume cars. And then there's Xpeng, Xpeng, however you want to say it. And Xpeng, I believe they're the ones that are in a lawsuit with Tesla at the moment because, you know, they like Tesla's autopilot so much. They got. Uh, a few Tesla trade secrets and a few Tesla engineers and uh, started doing the same similar thing themselves. Obviously, that's a matter of some huge litigation at the moment. And we'll see how that pans out for everybody involved. But X-Pung, Peng-Pung, Peng-Pung is, is, again, another force to be reckoned with. Now, that is only the first handful of manufacturers that, that I've thought of. Um, there is probably about another 50 waiting in the wings again with massive volumes and brilliant leading edge design and software. So the question begs, should we be bothered saving companies like Ford? They've done this to themselves. They would not listen. These companies are full of big corporate fat cat jobs, you know, being paid half a million, million, two million, five million dollars a year. And they've sat, they've sat on their ass and have actually done this to themselves. So the first thing that should happen is all of the upper management should be culled and thrown in the bin. And if Ford stopped all petrol development right now, went mad swapping over factory existing lines into electric lines and bought a few lottery tickets and prayed like hell, they may survive. If they wait till 2030, they are dead. Go out and buy your Mustangs now, boys and girls, because it will be a collector's item, a relic from the past. But, oh, they can't build cars because of the semiconductor shortage. Stop relying on outdated technology and, you know, five to ten-year-old semiconductor design to base your current vehicles around. Actually go and get a design team engineer your own semiconductors I know a car company that did it yeah they're the biggest car company in the world go out and write your own software have redundancy plans in place so if your semiconductor manufacturer shits the bed and can't supply that uh, you can just recode and adapt to something else that's available yeah that's right uh, that's what Tesla did so they're not sitting there crying about lack of supply that is went to a different product bam rewrote the software bam done out cars are selling at record numbers companies like ford and gm and the american model really don't deserve to survive if they cannot make these quantum changes right and absolutely make them now he is saying oh hang on i hear that these manufacturers are doing things to survive Every week you pick up like the newspaper or the automotive, look at it online, the automotive news and Ford and GM, they're building battery plants everywhere and you know, they're gonna make all these terawatt hours worth of batteries and they're on it and they're gonna do some really good things. Yeah, uh, nah, you know, the reason being is while there's a lot of lithium around everywhere and lithium's not that hard to get, right? You can dig it up out the ground, you can evaporate it, 
out of brine. It's everywhere. Processing it's difficult into um, lithium hydroxide or carbonate, which is the thing that uh, you know that goes into the batteries. And then the next step, actually making the cells, that's the devil's own work. And you know it's difficult and tricky and expensive. And guess what? 95% of the world's cell manufacturing, if not, uh, manufacture, if not more, that was last time I checked, is in China, right? So the US can't even make, or Australia or anywhere from the Europeans, basically can barely make a battery. The only uh, automotive battery plants I know outside of China that deliver a final product is a once more Road, the Roadrunner and Giga Nevada plants of Tesla in the US. They're the only ones that are protected when the Chinese say, hey, uh, you're going to put tariffs on our cars coming in and absolutely stupefyingly obliterating your primitive shit car industry in the US and, and everywhere else. If you're going to do that to us, well, we're not going to sell you any batteries. And guess what the US can do about that? Zip all. <laughs> China have got this one. I mean, Japan did a good enough job in the 70s and 80s and 90s, but they didn't have like a monopoly where they could just turn the tap off on the US. Like, absolutely turn the tap off. And have a look at what China have been trying to do to Tesla because they've been so successful there at the Shanghai plant. All sorts of threats and boycotts and safety concerns and recalls and uh, phantom brake failures and, and you know, lawsuits and, I mean, the China are going to have you there and I'd love to have you there so they can have a look at what's going on with your technology and, you know, you can employ, employ a few Chinese and, and, and sell a, you know, sell a few cars but don't get too big for your boots because they've got their own car industry and some of it, I believe, well, like every major corporation in China, is state-owned so the government that can tax and penalise Tesla also own the car companies. Fantastic. So yeah, it really is a, an interesting time we live in. But speaking of which, speaking of corruption, and again, this is well known about China, this is not corrupt. This is the way their politics works and the way, do, the way they do business and good on them. You know, if, if I own 95% of uh, what the world needed, something they needed really badly, I'd be making them bastards pay too. So don't feel too bad about that, uh, China. <laughs> You're only doing what any good businessman would do. So speaking of corrupt stupidity, though, um, Nitsa, my favourite flogging horse of a company, they are the safety board in the US have just got an internal auditor, appointed an internal auditor. Um, she overlooks a lot of what's going on with the, the self-driving Tesla um, safety audit debacle that they, they can barely even understand themselves and the government are running it that badly. But I, I was on Twitter the other day and there was, it sounded like a porn star, but a woman by the name of Missy Cummings has been appointed by NHTSA to head up the early investigations into Tesla. Now, she was, I think, like one of the uh, first US uh, female US fighter pilots. She's got a PhD. Um, she's obviously a very clever woman. She knows a lot about um, ADAS system advanced, you know, self-driving systems. She knows a lot about robotics. And uh, she is also a member of a bunch of freak shows known as 
hashtag Tesla Q. Who are the Tesla haters and short sellers club that deliberately spread misinformation to tank the stock price so they can make an earn out of it? Now, this woman that's a promoted member of a self-promoting member of Tesla Q, or has been over the last couple of years, also put up a tweet where she described Musk and make what are you what a lot of you laugh as like some entitled, aggressive, um, basically shitbag white man who makes cars that kill people. Now this is the independent analyst for the US government. The same government that would not invite Tesla into their electric car world presentation they gave. They took Ford and GM, which both make some of the shittest electric cars the explode, catch fire, Mustang Mackie is not too bad by the way the rest of them are absolute rubbish Tesla didn't even get an invite why? because they don't, they're not on team union they don't employ members of the UAW United Auto Worker boy and because of that they can piss off and the government are doing their level level best to try and shut Tesla down. Now they never will because Tesla are too big and too powerful. But when the rest of the world is trying to take Tesla on head on at their own game and trying to take America down, what does America do? Tries to take itself down at the same time. What a bunch of absolute dickheads. Biden, you've got a lot to answer for in this one. Now swing, neither red nor blue in the US politics, it's not my business, right? And it never will be. But this is an absolute disgrace, and, and, and a, you know, of the highest level, just when America is about to be cut off at the knees by the beast that approaches. Are oh, they gonna screw themselves at the same time? Screw the pooch. Good on you, Sleepy Joe. You bloody idiots. And get rid of Cummings put in someone that's independent. Oh no, yeah, one more thing about Missy Cummings. She is an owner, a board member, stockholder for a company called Vionia. Vionia. And what do Vionia do? They manufacture and sell self-driving systems to Ford and GM. So the woman that has been entrusted with personally taking down Tesla owns a company that supplies a shitter version of Tesla product to Ford and GM. It just couldn't get any more stupid than her name even, Missy Cummings. So there you have it. Joe, do the right thing. Get rid of her. Get rid of anybody that has been out there actively in the Twitterverse saying how they want to take Tesla to their knees if you want to be seen as non-corrupt and independent. It really is a strange world that we live in, isn't it? Well, anyway, it's all about to change pretty soon because my prediction back when I said it, um, you know, I mean, predictions don't always come true, but 2025 will be the start of the end for the big three. And one of them will be dead, if not all of them, by 2030. And they'll be resigned and relegated to history. Speaking of which, predictions don't always get to come true. I was... I sometimes, for shits and giggles, listen, uh, watch The Auto Expert, and I, and I watched John Cadigan, he's good, a good engineer, good journalist, not much idea when it comes to looking in the crystal ball. 
I was watching an episode that came out during the peak of COVID about how 2021 will see the bankruptcy and the end of Tesla and GM and Ford will be picking through the ashes of what's left about now, right? Seeing if they just want to buy any of the crap that Tesla have left behind because the company will be broke and gone. Well, I hate to tell you, Tesla stock is now at an all-time high. Tesla profitability is at, I think it's nine quarters consecutively now. They're in full profit. They're the biggest car manufacturer in the world by miles in terms of market cap. And they're on track to deliver one million vehicles this year, possibly, which is quite good. It's a good start. And the top selling car in the UK outright overall in September was the Tesla Model 3. So I think you got that a little bit wrong, Kadogs. Ah, well, you can't win them all, but you can if you listen to Range Anxiety.